presented by Syntax Advisors. Welcome to ETFTD, your insight into the world of exchange-traded funds, issuers, and investments. I'm Margot Tahrikova, and joining me today is Bruce Levine, CEO of NightShares and Deborah Fur. Welcome, Bruce and Debbie. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, Bruce, can you briefly share your experience in the ETF industry and how you landed in your current role? Yeah, I go pretty far back to the early days of iShares, and I ran product development in the early years from 2000 to 2003. So I ended up launching some of the largest ETFs out there, EFA, EM, DVY, the initial bond ETFs, et cetera. First, I went to Europe for iShares, and then I moved over to Wisdom Tree in 2006 and was involved there for almost 15 years as the president, chief operating officer, and a board member. And then lately, I was working for this hedge fund called AlphaTray, and they had some really interesting signals related to the overnight markets that they were using in their hedge fund. And I thought they'd make for some fantastic ETFs. So we created a new company at the end of last year. We just launched our first ETFs last week. Can you describe why there is an outperformance in the overnight market as compared to during the trading hours? So it's a really interesting phenomenon. Really, there's sort of three reasons. One is that there's a lot of information flow that happens when the markets are closed. So earnings announcements, for example, M&A activity is announced while markets are closed. And so you have to be invested to catch that. Second is there seems to be this real structural kind of de-risking that takes place among institutions at night. It may be something as simple as wanting the traders to go home flat because everyone fears the overnight session. There's this concept that one of the professors who wrote about this called the illusion of control that if the markets are open, I can do something about it. But if they're closed, we just sit there with no control. And then the last one is also kind of structural that if you hold overnight, you get capital charges, interest expense, um, capital marks to market, things that investors sometimes like to avoid by going flat at the end of the day. And does this phenomena work during all market cycles? It's been a really persistent phenomena across many, many years around the world in equity markets. We've seen it work in up markets and down markets, we've seen it not work in some of those as well. And again, the studies on this have come from professors from around the world. So there seems to be a lot of substance to it. And how do the two new ETFs that you have listed provide exposure to this phenomenon? So these will be the first ETFs of their type that are invested only in the overnight session, but not during the daytime session. We achieve that by holding treasuries and cash in the fund, and then we use the futures market to get our overnight exposure and then exit those positions first thing in the morning. What we found in the research is that the volatility is substantially lower in the night session than if you're buy and hold, because the day session seems to be the problem child, where you have a lot of volatility, noise, and poor returns. So we kind of think of everything on a risk-adjusted basis. Over time on large cap, we're getting sort of 60 to 70, sometimes 80% of the return of buy and hold coming just from the overnight session and then doing it with substantially less risk. In the case of small caps, what we found was, shockingly, in the Russell 2, over 100% of the return of the index was coming in the night session, you know, before any transaction costs. What type of investors are you targeting and how do you expect them to use the ETFs? There are investors of all types who would benefit from something that has better risk-adjusted returns. So if you're buy and hold, it might allow you to expand your overall exposure to equities because your volatility in total, your risk budget, let's say, is unchanged if you're using lower volatility vehicles. Some people have said, for example, this would compare really well to a long-short hedge fund. And then, of course, there's the trading community who we think will ultimately find this really interesting. And we think there'll be this sort of new way to talk about the markets, about what did they do overnight? What did they do during the day? 
and have an access vehicle for that. So we'll see. Do you plan to launch additional ETFs? Yeah, absolutely. We are you know, big believers in this concept and have some filings that we've already made. As an example, we think it's a really interesting idea to leverage just the night session. So we filed for some products that are 100% in the day, but then 150% at night. Another interesting one is long only at night, but then during the day, it'll turn into a covered call product. And we are looking at overseas markets as well for some future product development. That's great. And lastly, can you share your outlook for the ETF industry in the second half of 2022? You know, the ETF industry continues to be incredibly strong in terms of investor preference. So it's just really a matter of what the markets will do. It seems like it's going to be a bit of a rough patch for a while still, but, you know, they'll continue to be the vehicle preference. And as soon as we get back into, you know, more traditional times, we probably will see record flows probably in the future years. That's great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Debbie, can you share with us some of the other news in the ETF industry? Last week, we saw 40 new listings and 35 new cross-listings. When we look at the data through the end of June, we've seen 746 new listings in the markets, 990 new cross-listings. There have been 149 closures and 101 delisted. It's been a challenging month in June. U.S. equities posted their worst first half performance since 1970. So this is going to have a significant impact on the performance of assets invested already in ETFs. It doesn't mean we'll see net outflows. What it does mean is existing assets will go down. The S&P 500 was down 20% in June. We also saw that Europe was down. Most of the markets were down. The only sector in the U.S. that was up was energy. The types of products that are coming to market mostly has been active ETFs, a lot of products in Korea and in Asia this past week. And we've seen, of course, more ESG and thematic products coming to market. Next week, we'll be able to give the update on what we've seen in terms of net flows, which I do think will be positive, but assets will be down. Thanks for the update, Debbie. And thank you to Bruce for joining us and to our sponsors, Syntax Advisors, and of course, to all of you for watching. To watch prior episodes and to see news from the ETF industry, visit us at etftv.net. Thank you. ETF TV News does not provide investment advice nor recommend products.